0: All right, let's ride. Thank you guys so much. I am very excited to get this project underway for you all. This is, of course, the first episode of Quick Hits. My name is Blake Pace, and I'm coming with you uh, five days a week. Strictly NFL content, ranging from college to professional football. Um, it is a it is a great time right now uh, in the thick of things. We're halfway through the college football season. Uh, week six is one game from wrapping up on Monday night. Uh, I am not going to be talking uh, that much about the NFL specifically today. This is mock draft Monday for our first episode. Uh, and and before we get started, I just wanted to go through kind of the, the landscape of this show and kind of the ideas that I have for it. And, um, of course, I do have some other projects. I'm, you know, Blake Pace. I'm currently a writer for uh, Stampede Blue, the SB Nation page for the, uh, page for the Indianapolis Colts. I also write for Troy Nunez is an absolute magician over uh, covering Syracuse football. Uh, for that website, that is also an SB Nation. Um, I also have another podcast with one of my good friends, Matt Wyrick, uh, called Reasonably Outrageous. Episodes come out for that every Wednesday and Friday morning, so make sure to listen to those as well. Uh, but yeah, I, I you know, I wanted something that was more uh, NFL-centric. Uh, me and Matt do a lot of work on NFL, MLB, and NBA as soon as that's starting up. But uh, I wanted to get all of my NFL content out there as often as possible. And so uh, here's kind of the rundown for how I see this show working out. Like I said, uh, we are going to be doing one episode every morning during the weekdays. Um, Monday, like we said, today is going to be Mock Draft Monday. Uh, Tuesday's Tuesday mornings, we're going to go through individual game recaps for all of the NFL action from the previous week. Uh, so that's why I won't be talking about the games from Sunday that happened uh, yesterday uh, by the time you're listening to this. Um, and, and we'll do all of that on Tuesday. Just some quick hits on the games, uh, some quick notes. Uh, Wednesday morning, this kind of coincides with an article I have going up on SB Nation. Just a weekly updated power rankings piece that I'm going to do. Um, we'll go through all 32 teams and, of course, Blake's Big Ten, which was something... I did last year uh, uh, for a YouTube series, and so we're going to reincorporate that along with the full um, power rankings for the NFL. Uh, Thursday mornings are going to be some of the bigger uh, NFL storylines across the league. i hoping to get some bigger breakdowns into film, maybe with some of the top games that we've had across the week leading up to that. And so that's also an episode that I think will be a good chance to get uh, some guests in here. I've got a lot of friends uh, that that you know are very passionate about their football teams, very knowledgeable about league-wide topics around the NFL. So I want to give a chance to shoot the shit with them and and, and listen to the uh, and have some good conversations with them as well. And then Friday mornings, our last episode of the week um, is going to be picking every NFL game uh, against the spread, and so we're going to go through. Each game where I'm not going to do Thursday night football betting, maybe on the Thursday morning show, I'll talk briefly about the Thursday night game that's coming up. Um, I don't bet on Thursday night football. It's just a little rule I have with myself. Um, You know, it's like uh, pulling hair betting on Thursday night football with just the short week. Uh, So we'll give every NFL game uh, with picks against the spread for Sunday through Monday night football. And, um... Yeah, that's basically the rundown. Things might tinker a little bit depending on how I feel things are going, what episodes uh, people like, what episodes people don't like. We might be able to weed out and get some some information. So if there's anything along the way that you think uh, would better improve the quality of this show, I, I of course, want to hear that. And uh, another thing about the shows is it's called Quick Hits, um, and I'm going to be segmenting uh, all of the content in here into, you know, shorter videos and clips on my Twitter and YouTube uh, channels, so make sure to follow both of those. I'm at Twitter, at Blake Andrew Pace. Uh, the YouTube channel should be up and running shortly, and I'll have the name for that as well there too. Um, but so, short segments there. You can listen to the full podcast, which is, if you're hearing this, what you're doing, you're listening to the full podcast, and that'll all be uploaded still onto Spotify, uh, Apple, Google Play. So you can see that all over there as well. Um, but, you know, I, I really do want to keep these brief. Each episode should probably be around 30 to 45 minutes. And uh, that's, really, that's really my goal for the show is quick, to-the-point content, wrapping all of my thoughts and notes that I have throughout the week when it comes to football, and then bringing it out to you guys, and hopefully in an engaging way that you can all enjoy. So uh, with that being said, you know, let's get started. So we are through seven weeks of the college football season, getting closer and closer to that, uh, to the end of that season, college football playoffs, team schedules are heating up uh, certainly as well, we, we won't have as many of the um, uneventful games, things will certainly pick up, we had some great games this past weekend, I think of LSU-Florida, um, a, a lot of great games are starting to heat up in college football, of course, Texas, Oklahoma, another great game. Um, and so, um, you know, we have, we have a, a half a season of film on some of these college prospects and some of the top names, uh, that'll be coming into this draft and not just this season, but the previous, uh, you know, three years of their careers as well, possibly more for some as well. And so, um, I'm going to start us off light with this first Mock Draft Monday. Uh, we're only going to go through picks 1 through 10. Uh, as we get further along into the show, we'll expand to you know the first 20 teams or maybe 16 and then grow into the top 32. For this first episode, I knew I was going to have the introduction before and kind of lead into what the show is going to be. So I just want to take a look at the top 10 picks of the NFL Draft and if uh, and how I would see that playing out as of now. And so to, to go through those 10 picks because, of course, the draft Uh, you know, the draft setup is not finalized at this point. I just simply went to, um, you know, I, I went on to, to ESPN. I did, uh, standings the entire league and I went from the bottom up. And so the draft order we have right now is the number one pick, the Cincinnati Bengals, Miami Dolphins with the number two pick, uh, the Redskins with pick number three, the Falcons with the fourth pick, the Jets with the fifth, Miami coming back in at sixth, uh, via the Pittsburgh Steelers draft pick that they traded Minka Fitzpatrick for, number seven, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, number eight, the New York Giants, number nine, the Tennessee Titans, and then finishing it off today with the Broncos at number 10. So let's dive in there right at number one. And this is a, this is an interesting pick for the Bengals. Um, They've got young talent, you know, at, at a lot of their key positions. Of course, they've got John Ross on the IR right now. Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon is a very talented running back. They've drafted recently on the offensive line. They have some younger guys on defense, but really for Zach Taylor and, you know, I don't want to get into the, the start of his professional career as a head coach because it has certainly uh, not been pretty, um, but they, they want a new quarterback in Cincinnati. Andy Dalton is is fine. He is mediocre. Um, unless Cincinnati is in the mindset that they want to be the team that tanks for Tua and eventually want to ruin his career up in Cincinnati, uh, then then they might do that, and we'll, we'll figure that on as the, as the next few months progress. But for me, where I see them going right now with the first overall pick is taking Tua, uh, of course, the quarterback for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, now, this is not my number one quarterback. We'll get to my number one guy shortly. But I think Cincinnati is the team that will fall in love with him the most. And we'll take him at any pick on the board. Now, if I don't believe... I don't personally believe that Tua is my number one quarterback. I do believe that he wouldn't last past the top three picks. Um, so so what I like about him, he, he's a very accurate quarterback. He's got decent size for the position as well. Very mobile and fluid in the pocket. Um, you, you don't see many bad plays from him. You know when you when you play for Alabama, the goal of the game for your quarterbacks, and we've seen this time and time again, is is just don't lose the football game. Now Tua is certainly more talented than the majority of Alabama quarterbacks that we've seen uh, in recent history, uh, but he's another guy that he he won't make mistakes. He won't lose you games. Now things that I don't love, and I have a certain type of quarterback that I do like more than others, and that's why that's probably why Tua isn't my number one guy. As of now, uh, I like my, my quarterbacks to be not only big in stature, but have cannons uh, for arms. And, and two, his arm strength isn't great. You know, if you look at my top quarterbacks over the last three years, uh, it's Pat Mahomes, it's Josh Allen, and Kyler Murray, the strongest arms in their class. Um, you know, it's not awful strength when he's throwing it deep, but I like the combination of my quarterbacks to be on the bigger side with cannons for arms, and he just doesn't have that right now. And another thing about Tua, and this was an interesting number, and this is from his 2018 season, um, <clears throat> and this is courtesy from the guys over at PFF, but he only has a 43.3 adjusted completion percentage on tight window throws. Of course, at Alabama, when you have a great offensive system and great talent all around you, it's a little bit easier to, to hit those open targets, uh, but it has shown in those tighter uh, completions, in those tighter windows, <clears throat> his, uh, his numbers dip down in terms of accuracy severely. So like I said, Tua just isn't my guy necessarily, but um, he won't go outside the top three picks. He's also just a guy that I just have a weird feeling about. Lefties are, are uncommon at the pro level now, and and not to say that that means that a lefty can't be a solid quarterback at the professional level, but it's tough to also gauge how much the talent at Alabama you know, creates his production. Of course, the, the talented wide receivers and offense, um, and of course the defense there as well too, really helps out any quarterback that's there. We've seen... A lot of very untalented quarterbacks in the past um, really, you know, have the same success in Alabama. And I'm not saying that Tua is like those, uh, but it does make you wonder. Uh, I just, I have a a weird feeling about him, but not to the point where I think that he's a a bust. He's just not my number one guy, Uh, but he is Cincinnati's. I have uh, the Bengals taking Tua with the number one overall pick. Now on to the Miami Dolphins, the 0-5 Miami Dolphins, who just lost uh, yesterday to the Washington Redskins. And they're going to take my guy. They're going to take my number one quarterback uh, through this point of my draft evaluation process. And that's Justin Herbert, the quarterback out of Oregon. Um, this is this is my prototypical type quarterback. Um, and, and like I said, if, if you followed my work before, you shouldn't be surprised that I, I love Justin Herbert. Uh, six foot six, 233 pounds. And he's got unbelievable strength uh, in that arm. You know, last season wasn't great for him. Only completed 63.5% of his passes. But that's a number that's back up to 69.1 so far this year, and he's on pace for a 34-touchdown, two-interception season. Um, last year was kind of weird uh, for him at Oregon. It, it wasn't a great year for Oregon as well, and, and certainly things were down. And, of course, he was heading into the draft process last year as the probably number one overall pick for the 2018 draft class. And now he comes back and, and you know um, chooses to stay at college for another year, boost up his production, Uh, His numbers seem to be right on track, and and I think he he made a great decision in that. Now, what I don't love, you want to see a quarterback give full effort during tough times. Oregon wasn't great last year, and there were times that his effort kind of looked uh, subpar, and he mentally checked out of games. You know, that kind of reminds me of what we saw to Josh Rosen, Aaron Rodgers in college. They've got that type of character, but I never think that's too big of a deal uh, in evaluating quarterbacks. Of course, um, you know, Rodgers has, has the character quote, issues, but still is one of the best in the game. Of course, Josh Rosen, uh, unfortunately, is a guy that I, I really like, but has had two very shitty situations. And, and it's funny, Herbert would be replacing uh, Rosen here in Miami. Uh, but the bottom line is, is Herbert's decision to stay was a great one. Um, he's had a much better year this year and won't be worse than the second quarterback selected. As for now, this is my top-evaluated quarterback that I've watched since Josh Allen two years ago, and I think he's the start of a very strong rebuild for Brian Flores in the Miami Dolphins offense. On to number three, and we have the Washington Redskins fresh off their first win of the season, of course, over that Miami Dolphins team on Sunday. Uh, They're going to take, to me, the, the top prospect no-brainer in this draft class the only reason he's at number three is because the number one and number two teams both need quarterbacks that's chase chase young the edge out of ohio state uh, insane build six foot five 265 pounds and his arm length is unmatched in this draft class uh, the difference between his bad plays and his good plays are that when he has bad plays he only puts pressure on the quarterback uh, his good plays he actually brings the quarterback down or forces turnovers uh, he's the total package when it comes to you know balance speed, power, quickness, and hand moves. He's already a guy that's going to come into the league and doesn't need to learn the pass rush moves. We're going to get to a guy that is kind of like that in this process, a little bit down on my list. Uh, But Chase Young is going to come into this league and be one of those guys, you know, he reminds me of a Miles Garrett type guy that can come in and produce right off the bat. Um, I I tried to come up with things that I don't love and, and maybe just the fact that Ohio State is one of those teams that really sets up its edge defenders to have great matchups on the offensive line. Um, and I guess the the reasoning is that that might not be the case uh, if he ends up in a Washington Redskins team where that's you know it's not the same situation. But I, I really don't have anything to complain about with Young. What we've seen so far, he has been on a tear this season. Uh, so the bottom line, he's my number one you know player in this draft. Um, And, and at this point, it, w- it would take a lot to change my thinking on that. Um, you know, like I said, the only reasons he's not my top pick is because Miami and Cincinnati should both be looking for quarterbacks this off season. Uh, but I, I really do think that this is the this is the the top overall prospect in this class. Uh, he'd be a great boost for the Redskins. I'm trying to think of other directions I would go in. If, if I was Washington, of course, wide receiver is another option uh, to, to consider. Maybe if they're a little bit down lower than three, I wouldn't take a wide receiver at three. Uh, other areas on the defense, but I think when you've got Chase Young available, the best player in this class at three, you have to take him. I have the Redskins taking Chase Young out of Ohio State on to number four and we have probably the most disappointing team in my eyes this season uh, and that's the Atlanta Falcons the one in five Atlanta Falcons at one point in the beginning of the season I had as uh, potentially the number one overall seed in the NFC Uh, didn't have them making the Super Bowl didn't have them making the the NFC championship game so at least you know those guys are still intact but uh This was a team that I I saw a lot of potential heading into this season, and and of course, things have gone in the opposite direction to where they're now picking at number four. Uh, Lots of places they could go. Uh, They've drafted a a lot recently on the offensive line, so I stayed away from offense. They've got the skilled players. I'm not worried about that, and and really, there's a a lot of holes on defense that they can fill, Um, so I am actually going to go with the top corner in this class, Jeff Okuda. Uh, out of Ohio State that makes two Buckeyes in back-to-back picks. Um, Like I said, a lot of areas they can address, but I think that this is the best available player for the back end of their defense. Um, What I like about him so far is footwork uh, is pure for a cornerback with his size. He is a bigger cornerback, but seems to do just fine uh, in terms of fluidity in his hips, the lower range of motion, um, he's lengthy, he's got a big stature, and the speed uh, is still there where he won't get burned by fast, uh, quicker receivers. Last year, he only allowed nine first downs the entire season. Akuda is one of the corners that when you get worried about getting a pass interference call uh, on way too many plays. He's, he's one of those guys that kind of reminds me of Eli Apple. He's always getting called for penalties when he goes deep. Um, you know, in the college level, the worst case scenario is a play like that ends up In a, uh, it ends up in a fifteen-yard penalty. Of course, when you switch to the pros, it's you know the spot of the fouls. So something to be a little bit cautious about if you're looking at one thing to pick apart with this game. That's in the category of what I don't love. You know, with these top prospects, I I do what I like and what I don't love because you know they're top prospects in this class. I I don't have much to hate on them for that. Uh, Bottom line, I think the Falcons could go anywhere on defense. Um, I. I think they could still go on the offensive line if they chose to, but I I think at four, it's a little too rich. Um, I know Dan Quinn probably won't be around for this next season, and he would have been an amazing fit uh, in his cover three heavy scheme, but uh, Okuda is a guy that can do well in any defense. Uh, I've got him lining up alongside Desmond Trufant in that defense or potentially replacing him to go alongside Isaiah Oliver. Who knows there? Either way, he's going to be one of the starting quarter cornerbacks right off the bat. Uh, Jeff Okuda, corner from Ohio State, going to the Atlanta Falcons with the number four pick. At the midway point, we've got the New York Jets, and they are going to go with the second best edge rusher in this class, AJ Epinesa, uh, out of Iowa. Now, AJ isn't isn't exactly as great uh, as our guy Chase Young up there uh, with my number three pick, but he's a very talented guy. He's a top 10 prospect in this class. Uh, and, and I think for the Jets, uh, they would have loved to have Okuda at number four. You know how bad their secondary is right now, uh, at least cornerback-wise. Their safeties are fine, but they definitely would have loved to have Jeff uh, up there with the number four pick, but they just miss out on him. Uh, so they go with the next best defensive player available. Now he's six six, two hundred 282 pounds. He won't get pushed around by NFL offensive linemen with that size. He's got great fluidity in his hips. Uh, doesn't have a problem sinking. You know, a lot of taller edge players around that 6'6", six 6'5", six, uh, six through 6'8 range have a little bit of a problem getting down and, and sinking, uh, but he doesn't have those problems. Um, now, what I don't like, he doesn't have the full array of pass rush moves yet. That was what I was saying with Young. Young has all the great moves to get past the offensive lineman already at this point. Epinesa just doesn't have that yet, and he relies too much of his. He relies too much on his size against the college level talents. Stuff like that won't work in the NFL. He won't get barreled by offensive linemen, but he'll kind of just be in a stalemate and kind of hope that his power can overpower the offensive linemen. So, um, you know, he definitely needs to develop those moves. And of course, once you get in the league, uh, they've got the right people in place to help you develop stuff like that. Uh, bottom line for the Jets specifically. Um, I still need to see him be a little bit of a better fit for a 3-4 scheme, but they'll really want to take him uh, with Akuda off the board to give them a potential replacement for Leonard Williams uh, should they choose to move on from him. There's rumors uh, that he could be on his way out of New York, uh, so that remains to be seen. Um, so don't love the scheme fit right now. He could still prove that he fits in there as well too. I just need to see a little bit more out of him, but right now uh, he was the best defensive player available for the Jets. The other areas they could have gone, I don't think they want to take a wide receiver. Um, you know, linebacker is an interesting position. Uh, they don't need to go safety. Um, and, and with a corner off the board, they take Epinesa, and they, they don't look back at, with the fifth pick. Now at number six, and we've got the Miami Dolphins coming back onto the board after taking uh, their franchise quarterback, Justin Herbert, with the second overall pick. And this time, they give him his number one target for the next decade-plus. Uh, they're going Jerry Judy, wide receiver out of Alabama. Um, you know, it was time to get their franchise quarterback. Now they get their otherworldly receiver at number six. He's easily the most well-rounded prospect in this entire class. Uh, I believe he's got the highest floor of any prospect. Now a guy like Chase Young, who I think is my top overall guy. I think his ceiling is just a little bit higher, but, uh, you know, at least with his floor, Jerry Judy has got to be right up there with, with the likes of him. And his ceiling is probably, you know, second only to Chase Young. Um, he's got great speed. Natural hands, a fluid motion throughout the lower half of his body. Um, The only thing that I still think we need to see is him, you know, grow a little bit more into his body. He's still got a little more, uh, you know, he's got some weight he could put on. uh, You know, he needs to thick out a little bit more. But um, even to that, that's a little bit of a stretch when trying to find something that I don't love about Judy. I I think he is uh, probably the best receiver prospect. Uh, since Odell Beckham Jr., uh, my favorite receiver in the game, and their games kind of remind me of one of another or of one another. I think if you put the ball in his hands, let him take off. The Herbert Judy connection uh, would be one that I would I would just love to watch in, in twenty twenty, um, and that's where I've got the Dolphins going with their sixth pick that they got uh, in return for giving away Minka Fitzpatrick to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So now we are here with the 7th overall pick, and this is where things get a little bit fun because we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers sitting at 2-4. and four. Um, Interesting season for Tampa Bay. Uh, of course, they've got Bruce Arians in there as the head coach coming back out of retirement. And uh, on, a, on a day after Jameis Winston throws five interceptions in a single game, the Bucs have decided to move on and select a quarterback with the 7th overall pick, and that is none other than Joe Burrow, the quarterback out of LSU. And this is honestly the probably the highest flyer uh, so far in the 2020 NFL draft process. I mean, this is a guy that people weren't really talking about that much at all. I think if you even take a look at PFF's uh, draft book that came out before the season, he wasn't listed in the top 10 quarterbacks available. Uh, what to like about Joe Burrow? Um, he, he's a, an extremely smart quarterback. He's got great awareness. Uh, he quickly goes through his progressions, and he won't force the ball into tough windows. He's also probably one of the more athletic quarterbacks in the class and like I said he's got that size around that I like at six foot four 216 pounds when it comes to things' I'm, I don't love of course with any quarterback uh, that I'm taking in the first round and in the top 10 I want to see more of a sample size and, and of course we talked about how there wasn't a big sample size for a guy um, you know like uh, like Daniel Jones there have been a couple guys in the past we've only seen you know a few starts where Dwayne haskins is a guy that comes to mind uh, that we really didn't get to see a ton of. But so far, LSU has played a very tough schedule, two top 10 opponents, and he's looked great against both of them. Uh, so I, I like to see that. I, I like what I see out of him so far, uh, despite the small sample size. Um, so so out of all the guys inside my top 10 that I'm choosing right now in, in this draft, the most hesitant uh, I, of a guy that I have is, is with Burrow. Fortunately, there's another half of the year uh, to learn more about him. But when you talk about the things that I like, you know, the maturity, the awareness, the the progressions, not forcing the ball into tough windows. That is exactly the opposite of what we've gotten out of James Winston. And I I have to think that Bruce Arians would love the opportunity to replace all the negatives that were with Winston. Uh, Still get the athleticism, still get the deep ball, uh, but you get a much smarter quarterback. I've got the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers moving on from Winston and taking Joe Burrow, quarterback, out of LSU. On to number eight, and we're going back up to New York. The New York football Giants at 2-4 and currently. Uh, you know, offensive problems are a thing of the past now that Danny Dimes has proved all of us, including myself, wrong so far. Of course, Saquon Barkley. Uh, uh, there's still a ton of problems with the New York Giants. Uh, it's funny. As soon as they, they, uh, they won those first two games with him, I was like, all right, let's, let's lower our expectations a little bit. And of course, they get humbled by the Vikings and Patriots. They still have a ton of holes. Uh, and I have them going with uh, a linebacker here. And I guess it's a linebacker with an asterisk mark next to it. I have the Giants at number 8, taking Isaiah Simmons uh, out of Clemson. Now, now Simmons is, is an interesting guy, and kind of when you talk about him, it reminds me a little bit about what people said about Jabril Peppers, who is also now, of course, a safety for the New York Giants. Uh, when it comes to position, um, you know, we haven't really... We don't have a position in the NFL that, you know, Isaiah Simmons does. He's essentially, you know... Uh, a safety, but also a linebacker. He's also a slot corner. Um, but let me start with the things that I really love about him. Uh, he's, he's a freak 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 athlete. Like I said, he can play at the college level at Clemson. He can play linebacker safety and slot corner. And I think you could probably also put him on the so, uh, on the outside corner positions with his speed as well too. Um, you know, He's quick enough of a linebacker to guard slot receivers and physical enough to impose his will on tight ends. So he's got a great speed all around, just a freak athlete. He's probably one of the most exciting prospects to watch when you just take a look at film and see what he can fly around on the field and, and do. Um, like I said, it's tough to evaluate evaluate his position um, because it also hasn't given us a real insight of his tackling and physicality in the trenches. You know, for a linebacker, you want to see him. You know, punching through the middle of the offensive line, and and, you know, slapping the fullback, or getting past and and diving into the running back and stopping him up front. But mostly, what we see with his position in Clemson is he works sideline to sideline, not not you know, up and down into the trenches. Um, So, uh, yeah, I'm a little worried that we haven't seen someone in the NFL play his position yet, or rather, that there isn't a position specifically in the NFL for what he can do. But with a freak guy. Uh, a freak talent like Simmons. I'm not worried about it at the point. I was a little worried when you talked about Jabril and Jabril has slowly come into his own on his role with the giants so far this year had a, had a better second year last year in Cleveland as well. Um, this is a guy that if I'm looking at the Giants and of course just like the Jets if the top corner Okuda was available for them they would go there because their secondary uh is pretty bad. I think they could have taken safety but you know the p- safety that I'm going to talk about a-, a little bit later on kind of does the same position as a young guy that they've already traded for. Um you know they, they could go offensive line still Um, eventually you're going to want to replace Nate Solder. He hasn't been great. He's making a lot of money. You could put, uh, you know, another guy at right tackle. Uh, There are some areas that you're definitely a little bit worried about, but I think that just potential alone of how well this Simmons, uh, Isaiah Simmons could produce at the next level. I think you got to take him. I've got the Giants taking Isaiah Simmons, linebacker, safety, slot corner, whatever he is out of Clemson. Two picks away, and we've got another interesting one coming up. Uh just like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at number seven, we've got the Tennessee Titans here with the ninth overall pick. Uh in a in the day after Marcus Mariota gets benched for Ryan Tannehill and they lose to the Denver Broncos to move to two and four on the season. The Titans, just like the Bucs, they they need to move on from their quarterback. They need a new guy under center to get things rolling. And uh while the Buccaneers moved on from Jameis to take Joe Burrow. Uh, I've got the Titans moving on and taking Jordan Love, uh, quarterback out of Utah State. Another, you know, high riser coming into this season. Um, it's another quarterback with great size and a big arm. So it's it's guys that I like. He's accurate. I really like his touch on the ball between those uh, intermediate to deep passes. He's got great touch on, on the arc in his throws. Uh, and he does a really good job avoiding pressure uh, in the pocket, rolling out when necessary. Uh, he's very smart with the ball. Um, now, What I don't necessarily love, unfortunately, with Utah State, uh, they run a very screen-heavy offense, and so we don't get an accurate assessment of of kind of what he could do in an NFL offense. I mean, a quarter of his passes last year uh, were screen passes, and so, um, you know, that's a little tough to gauge, but I don't take too much into that. You know, you think about uh, guys comparing, uh, now that I'm thinking about it, Sam Darnold to Josh Allen two years back, and and Sam Darnold threw a ton of screen passes, and, and Josh Allen was always throwing the deep ball. It's, it's tough to really blame a quarterback for what his scheme does, but I, I, I do believe that that Jordan Love is, is one of those guys I would love to see a little bit more of the deeper passes if Utah State can get away from that. Uh, his other thing that I'm necessarily not great a, you know crazy about is, is he struggles a bit not a ton with seeing linebackers. Um, you know linebackers can kind of sneak up on his throws across the middle and break up passes um and he tends to throw the ball a little bit too late where they where the linebackers have a chance to get in the way uh but but love is another under the radar quarterback kind of like burrow that's risen up into this top 10 conversation for me um you know personally i would love i would love for love to get uh you know a little less popular uh, so the colts could try and snag him wherever they're picking I, I, you know he's one of those guys that i think is an under radar uh good potential but um I think he's he's just what Mike Vrabel needs. Just as Bruce Arians wants a guy that's not gonna make tough decisions or, you know, make bad decisions and really um you know, be turnover heavy like Jameis Winston. If you're if you're Mike Vrabel and you're looking at Marcus Mariota, you want a guy that's um, you know, making smart decisions with the ball, rolling out, not taking the bad hits. You know, Mariota's always a guy that doesn't, you know, despite his speed, it didn't really seem to um To avoid big hits, and that's a guy that that you know, Love. He really does a good job of avoiding the pressure, moving around the pocket well. And another thing, you know, Vrabel said after benching Mariota yesterday, he needs a quarterback that can put up points. And when you get Burrow in there, you've got Derrick Henry at running back, AJ Brown and Corey Davis on the outside. Um, That that's a great start for an offense to put up points. Uh, I think Jordan Love would be a great quarterback for the Tennessee Titans and really be the. be the the uh, the the player to push the needle in Tennessee because they've got a great a really talented team, a great defense, good skill players, good young skill players. But it really seems to be the quarterback position that's holding him back. Uh, Jordan Love would be the right fit for the Titans. I've got them taking him at number nine. And so here we are at pick number ten, finishing things out for today. Uh, we've got the Denver Broncos sitting at two and four, um, coming off two wins in a row now, of course, over the Los Angeles Chargers and uh, this week against the Tennessee Titans, and they're going to go back to their defense. I know there's a lot of, I guess, maybe concerns. Uh, You could probably say they could do another tackle now. They could take a look at wide receiver, Um, but I'm going to take a look at defense, and I'm going to go to safety, and they're going to take Grant Delpit uh, safety out of LSU. Uh, You know, Last year, Denver famously traded out of the number 10 spot with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They missed out on a guy like Devin Bush, and, and what a crazy start he's been off to. Uh, in his young career, they avoid doing so uh, for the second year in a row, and this time take, in my opinion, uh, you know, around that top five to seven talent in this draft class, getting him at pick number ten. Um, things that I like, you know, out of the safety position in college, a, a real good implication of of early success in the NFL uh, is the maturity and the vision. Um, he he makes great breaks on wide receivers' routes. Uh, he's got short area quickness that keeps him involved in a, in just about, you know, I would say probably 90% of, of every run and pass play. And then his back pedal into his break transition is very well balanced. Some safeties, uh, you know, try and break too quick and then lose balance. And they lose a little bit of that quickness. Um, and man, he's perfect when he's blitzing. He, he always has a great, uh, he has a great ability to get past the offensive line when he blitzes. Now, things that I still need to see improvement on between now and the rest of the season, uh, he's not hes not the world's best tackler. You know, he loves to spring forward and, and try and bring guys down, but he fails to wrap them up and, and make sound uh, contact with the defenders. He's more just leaping around trying to make the big hits and can sometimes mess those plays up. Um, another thing, instead of, you know, trying to impose his force upon blockers, he tries to sneak around them. And, and you know, there are situations where you can... You can push back someone who's trying to block into into the running back or the receiver that's trying to run the route to try and push them over. But he tries to sneak around and then, you know, just waste an opportunity of kind of just trying to barrel them over. Uh, just another thing about his game, I, I would love to see him use his, his stature and size a little bit more. Um, so the only reason I had him fall 210 is because, I mean, you know, you've got four quarterbacks in the top 10. Obviously, some of the top talents in this draft class are going to slip. Uh, you know, in the end, there's a chance he could be up close to, you know, I mean, God, you know, I almost had him going to the Giants at eight, but they had recently traded for Jabril Peppers. Um, Not sure how they would play that duo. Of course, you know, uh, if the Buccaneers and Titans decide to do a quarterback in free agency and not draft one, even though I, you know, I don't know what the free agency class is going to look like. That's an option as well. The Dolphins, did trade away Minka Fitzpatrick if they're looking to to take another safety uh, at pick number six, but I really do think that they'll try and match up um, match up Justin Herbert uh, with a, you know a stud wide receiver. The Jets don't need a safety, and the Falcons really don't need one either. So that's why he fell so low, just the way the board is is at right now. Um, but he is one of the better players in this draft, and the Broncos get a really good steal for a, you know, a, a strong Vic Fangio defense that is starting to come into its own. Wasn't great through the first four weeks of the season, of course, the no sacks and everything, uh, but they've slowly been making their ways. Bradley Chubb back healthy next year. Um, they can move on from, uh, from Kareem Jackson, who has looked pretty bad to start this season too, and move on uh, with Grant Delpit, safety out of LSU with a 10th pick. So just to recap that all uh, through our first 10 picks, In, you know, mock draft Monday 1.0, if if that's what we want to call it. I had the Bengals taking Tua, uh, quarterback out of Alabama, with the number one pick. Then the Dolphins going Justin Herbert, uh, my favorite quarterback of this draft class so far, uh, with the number two pick out of Oregon. The Redskins uh, at number three take Chase Young, the best talent, uh, the best edge player, best overall talent from Ohio State. Falcons go at number four with Jeff Okuda, cornerback out of Ohio State, the number one uh, defensive back prospect in this class. The Jets at number five get A.J. Epinesa, edge out of Iowa, uh, second best you know edge guy, very talented, great size there. The Miami Dolphins come back with their second pick from the Pittsburgh Steelers, take Jerry Judy, wide receiver out of Alabama, a game-changer wide receiver to pair alongside Justin Herbert. Tampa moves on from Jameis Winston with Joe Burrow, the highest riser of this draft prospect, quarterback out of LSU. Um, the New York Giants at number eight take Isaiah Simmons, linebacker, safety, slot, corner, whatever out of Clemson. He'll he'll help out that defense one way or another. Number nine, the Titans uh, move on from Marcus Mariota, take Jordan Love out of Utah State, and the Denver Broncos finish things out with Grant Delpit, safety out of LSU. Um, and, and so yeah, you know we're we're going to continue to do that next week. We'll probably break into a few more picks as we kind of build up a full first round mock. Um, And we'll also start to get into some some player evaluation scouting things like that as well as we kind of get through Now and in the draft process that's going to take us all the way till april So it's a long season ahead of us um, But I want to thank you guys so much for for sticking through and listening to this first episode of quick hits Uh, Like I said, very excited to get this project underway. I've been working on this for a while I want to give a quick shout out to uh, tanner leslie who helped me out with the um, graphic design for this as well um I, i'm also working on getting some music in here you know if you listen to reasonably outrageous or even the you know the blake Pace podcast a couple of years ago the intro music is very big for me i love to have a, a nice beat so we're so we're working on i'm working with a guy right now on getting that in hopefully sooner rather than later uh but in the meantime make sure to follow me over at blake andrew pace on twitter uh make sure to like subscribe leave a comment on the show I'm very excited to get this underway. Like I said, the rest of this week is looking like um, on Tuesday, we're going to have our game recaps from this past week in the NFL. Wednesday, we're going to have my updated NFL power rankings. Thursday, we're going to take a look at some of the bigger league-wide news, maybe a little bit of a teaser for Thursday night football. And then Friday, we'll finish off the week and send you into the weekend with some gambling picks betting the upcoming NFL week. That is week seven now against the spread. Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'm Blake Pace. You're listening to Quick Hits, and we'll catch you tomorrow.